now playing The Deep End, the 2022 documentary about controversial spiritual teacher Till Swan and her devoted followers. Disclaimer, in this episode, we will be talking about child abuse and suicide. Also, all the opinions we share about Till Swan are just that, opinions. We do not know her personally, and we have never attended any of her functions. Welcome to Reality Geeky! Today, we are going to discuss the freeform documentary, The Deep End, that discusses Till Swan and her Till tribe of followers. And with me today, I have a very special guest. I've got Katie joining me. Hello, Katie. Hi. I'm so glad you wanted to do this. I have so much shit to say. I'm going to go so off. I am dying. Katie is a big fan of Till Swan. (laughs) So she, of course, saw this documentary and wanted to have a forum to express her opinions. So I gladly invited her on so we can chat about it. Yes. And I'm a therapist. So I have the right to be like, this is fucked up. And let me yeah. tell you why. Katie so. has a license to practice therapy. <laughs> Till Swan does not have a license. No, she does not. Oh my God. No, she doesn't. <laughs> so with Till Swan, I didn't really know who she was. I briefly heard about her. I'm very into cults. And she was mentioned in some documentary that I was watching on modern day cults. And they listed her as a cult leader, but I, I didn't really know much about her. They just showed um, one of her big lectures, and then they showed a bunch of her books. And so she writes, like, spiritual, self-help kind of books. And so I just thought she was, like, Deepak Chopra or, you know. Yeah. Or, or like, a Tony Robbins, just, like, self-help stuff. I was like, well, that's probably not really a cult, but... Uh, Little did I know. Oh my God. And <laughs> I just thought she was an author, but she has a YouTube where she has all kinds of strange videos. And people just love her. People just love, love her. her. Did you notice on um when you go to Google her? Like the you know the okay, so the English guy or the English, I think he's English, or maybe he's from Australia, that older guy that's part of her like the manager. Yes. I'm like, he does a fucking good job because he does a great job. But you can't find anything negative on her. Not one <laughs> thing. Like, yeah. His name's like Matia or Matias or something. And he previously managed tennis players. Yeah. And then she asked him if he would manage her. And he's like, sure. But yes, you are totally right. He does a great job. I don't like the way she talks to him in some of the episodes. <laughs> She's just like, fix it. I mean, I'm sure it's his job, but it seems... <laughs> so abrasive but you're right he's doing a very good job at 
um, controlling how she is seen, at least on Google. You Google her and it's like now that the deep ends come out, you can find more stuff on YouTube. But it's mostly like, here's why Teal's amazing. You know, yeah, it's mostly praise. Like it's the weirdest thing. And it's like I I heard of her because a, a while ago, because I find the satanic ritual abuse like panic from the 80s and 90s. Oh, that's true. So fascinating. And, well, I really... and that's, that's a weird thing that that didn't get brought into the do- uh, documentary. Right? I thought that was weird too. Because she was actually, when she was younger, she was working with a therapist in Utah, Till Swans from Utah. Yeah. And one of the therapists that she was working with, her name's Barbara Snow, and she yes. was very big with the satanic no ritual it. abuse. Yes. <laughs> that was going on in the 80s and 90s in Utah he was a big therapist from it yes and like people believed the crazy shit that yeah briefly um the the issue with Barbara Snow is when they started getting all these satanic panic type reports of child abuse in the 80s and 90s uh, a lot of the memories weren't exactly clear. Like they were put into the children's head. Yeah. So of course you have people who were actually abused, but then you also have people who are assuming like, oh, there's something wrong with my child. Oh, well, obviously they've been abused by a family member. So these psychiatrists would kind of take it to the extreme and sort of sway the they call it like false memory yeah um syndrome or something and so the therapist would push these kids in the wrong direction and it would turn into oh well this this person is doing satanic ritualistic abuse on my child and i had no idea and so it it's really bad because it kind of muddied the waters about what was real abuse and what was just this crazy but the problem was there were a lot of therapists that were involved that weren't exactly doing I don't know standard interviews and we're kind of going down this direction and Barbara Snow happened to be one of them I as a therapist so like there are symptoms of sexual abuse Mm -hmm. I need to tell you all of them but like like or hygiene, extreme anxiety, like there's all sorts of weird like tick things and hiding and food hoarding and like weird sexual whatever. But yeah. I, I am so careful. I don't say were you abused. I wait for yeah. the kid. I'm like, even though I'm like, I know this, you were probably abused, but I I like hang way back when they talk about it. Just because I don't want to be like, oh, it sounds like you were sewn into a, a corpse when you yes. were like, like Teal's yes. one sewn into like a corpse. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, that's the problem, and this is a lot. I mean, Till Swan has been through some shit for sure. Like her parents took her to a ton of different therapists, which it does talk about in the documentary. Like it does say yeah. that she went to a bunch of different therapy when she was younger. They they don't point out Barbara Swan, which or seems like it would be Barbara Snow. I said Swan. Too many S words. 
But <laughs> it seems like they should point out that. But I think it kind of reflects the way she deals with everyone else's pain now because she instantly thinks they're suffering from like their parents abusing them. Oh. Just from like meeting someone as an adult and they have a problem. It's like, okay, let's, we don't have to jump straight to that. Like when she, like in the scene where they come for the completion process, mm-hmm. and like, do you give me permission to assume the part of your mother? Oh, that was weird. Like when they were doing that, I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, <laughs> that was extremely, extremely weird. So, so in the, the first episode, they show, first they show her lecture and they show her, you know, talking to a big group of people. And it, it seems, you know, like she's being supportive. It, it seems like a good environment. But yeah, then they change into how people go to this retreat for the completion process. Yeah. And part of that completion process is other people like role play your parents, <laughs> which is so up. dangerous. Yeah. They say it. Do you give me permission to assume the role of your mother? And then the person's like, yes. Like they're just <laughs> so ready to cry it out. And I'm like, oh my God. And then, oh, we will get to this. But they're like the crazy part of all that too is like, like the girl's like, I had a lovely childhood. <laughs> and then I know. Like, but your brother abused you. And she's like, he did? <laughs> well, and then the parents and then the girl who was playing the role of like her mom tells her after she's like, I, I feel like there was sexual abuse towards your brother. Yeah, like you don't even know this girl's family, and you just role played oh, her. <laughs> but I should add, they don't they don't consider it role play. They they call it channeling. So they they see it that you're actually channeling this family's or family member's energy. So you are somehow connected to the their parents, the mom or dad or whoever they're role playing. So there's actually some kind of psychic connection going on and that's how they can talk through it. And if somebody actually believes that, I mean, there you go. That's your false memory that they could implant in someone's mind, you know. And that's why it scared me when Julia we I'm skipping ahead. I just have so much to talk about. <laughs> like with this this woman. Yeah. Um yeah. So, okay. I don't know what I was going to say. Pass that back over to you. <laughs> I know there's just so much. So the first episode, the first episode actually starts out really scary because it just has Till Swan in like a pool with this girl who's just crying uncontrollably and like shaking and she's holding her above the water. And you're like, what is going on? This is like some crazy ritual or something. Oh. And then And then she's holding the girl while she's crying. And then you're like, okay, well, that's kind of nice. And then it cuts to the big lecture and you're like, okay, she's giving a talk. No big deal. And then it goes to the completion process retreat. So you get like all these different elements of what Till Swan does thrown into the first episode, but then not really clarified in any kind of way. No. (laughs) You're just like, well, what is this? 
Sorry, my my valet has brought my new cocktail because I'm out. Oh, excellent. What are you drinking? We always like to recommend a cocktail here on Realitiki. You made it a double? No, I could. No, I'm good. Thank you, valet. That is my sexy husband. (laughs) that He's wearing. He looks really cute. Um, (laughs) I can post a picture below. No, just kidding. I I don't know. What what cocktail did your valet bring you? Okay, so here is my cool, cool Oregon summertime cocktail. Does okay. Stupid. That's what I named it. <laughs> no, it's, it's lovely. Cool summertime Oregon summertime cocktail. Yes. <laughs> Why not? It's the simplest thing, and I was like, "Holy fuck, this is so delicious!" It is, um, you know, Fireball, where you can get them in like the ten pack. Uh huh. So it's like a, one of those, a fireball, and then the mixer is, drumroll, cream soda. So you've got this cream soda. It's so good. Like, I was like, I don't know. But like, like but that goes together. Like, creamy. Cream soda and fireball is delicious. I've actually had it before. <laughs> Big fan. It's so, see, it's nothing creative, but I'm like, this is the best. <laughs> it's still a great cocktail. It's so delicious. I love it. So the the problematic thing for me with Till Swan is the completion process. Because I feel like if she just writes her books and does her lectures, that's fairly innocent. Can but I- then the fact that she has this retreat is like where it can be scary. <laughs> Let me throw something in there to what sure. you said. So I have, I, I'm actually a really big fan of like Wayne Dyer. Okay. He's a, he's a self-help guru who actually died a few years ago, but I love his stuff. He just approaches it from such a place of like love and intention mm-hmm. and we live in this beautiful place and we get to be around these beautiful people and this, the big, you know, the great spirit, like, but it's, I mean, it's a little, well, it is self-helpy, but it's done in such a positive, like you live life for you, but use these beautiful things to help you do that. Yeah. Heal is I'm going to drown you in a fucking pool while you cry and I'm going to trauma bond you to me. And then, then she's like, I love you. And she's like, I love you too. Like, that's like, that's so (laughs) fucked up. It's like, That's true. There is a lot of trauma bonding in her healing process. Like it's all trauma bonding. Like it's crazy. Like I just think, how could people be? I don't know. Are you familiar with the bite model? I could be all technical here. No, I'm not. What is that? So it's B I T E. It's it, it's a uh, it's, it's by a guy named Steve Hassan bite model of authoritarian control okay so it's an acronym so if you're wondering if you're in a cult there there's four and i don't need to go into details of this people can just google it themselves but like how do you identify if you're in a cult behavior control information control uh thought control and emotional control and then there's lists of like the different things that means like yeah like emotional control, manipulative and narrow the range of feelings. Some emotions or needs are deemed as evil 
wrong or self it like they just go google it and look at it yourself but mm-hmm. teal swan is the ultimate like she fits <laughs> the bite model and if i'm being totally honest i'm a little drunk so <laughs> i'm still a mormon and mormonism fits the bite model <laughs> like, like, yes yes that's true I think that's the thing that Till Swan is just going to have to accept with what she's doing. She's going to be a cult, you know, like people are going to call her a cult leader. People are going to say she's running a cult. Like that's just what's going to happen. She gets, she seems so worried and afraid of being like classified as that, but that's just how it's going to be, you know? Like, there's no way around it. Well, and she's cobbling together all of these, like, spiritual practices, mental health approaches. Yeah. And that's what cults do. Like, the most recent one we've been in, Melissa, like, into is Nexium. Like, oh, yeah. It's the same thing. Oh. Just a bunch of cobbled together word salad that people are like, oh, my God, you're so... Like, you're well, so- and... A lot of it is beneficial to a person. Like a lot of it does work. A lot of it does help people. So it does come across as being a positive thing, but then the control aspect takes over and that's when it turns bad. And, uh, and Till Swan definitely has control issues so much that after there's four episodes of this documentary, and after each episode, she put out her own response to yeah. each one on her YouTube. <laughs> and so Good. the first step, I thought in the first episode, they did cover a lot, but I didn't really think it came off too terrible about her in the very first episode. He says that in the reaction video where she's yeah. like, I liked it. And I found it funny. She's like, I really liked the beginning where everyone was talking about how wonderful I am. <laughs> of course she did. I was like, okay. like. <laughs> and, and one thing that I think I like that she did is how they hired that private investigator lady to, yes. to see, to, or she's basically hired to see if it qualifies as a cult, like what Till Swan's oh, doing qualifies as a cult. Can you and- <laughs> she's so good the private investigator is so good so good she's so charming i'm like i want to be her friend like she's lovely she really is and she she pays attention to the truth she interviews people who are with till swan now and people that used to be part of like till swan's inner circle and I mean, she she's just great. She's really honest. Anyway, we can get to her report when we talk about the later episodes because she comes up more. But I did think it was good that that was something that Till Swan's side did because she didn't make this documentary. This documentary was made about her. And so they just had the private investigator as like a way to prove they're not a cult. Yeah. But Which didn't on. work. <laughs> come on. Like, with, and, and she's really good at gaslighting like that. And in her reaction videos, like, I feel like she says things like release the raw footage to make her look like she's in charge to be like, they're lying because she knows they're not going to release the raw footage. Yeah. 
So I think she's really smart in the way she's like, release it. I'm not a cult. See, like <laughs> she's definitely really smart. She's extremely calculated, and she strikes me as somebody who is so paranoid like just really paranoid and that's why she's so protective of who is like in her inner circle of like they all live together in a house i guess park city and <laughs> in park city utah like her main entourage that run this the i almost said cult run this company <laughs> company for her they all live in a house and there's lots of house rules that they have to follow teal's way or no way baby yeah the one of the girls that lives with her the really cute um fat girl and by the (laughs) way i say fat is a good thing because i'm fat and i i think she yeah it's a positive thing like was she? I, I don't know if she was Hispanic, but like, like I think Tia likes that. I they didn't say this in the documentary, but I mm-hmm. got the vibe that Tia likes having her around to be the quote unquote ugly friend. Oh, that's just sad. I don't know if I if I believe that. <laughs> I hope that's not true, but I think it is though. And I'm saying God. that girl, and I like. <laughs> It's just the vibe I've gotten <laughs> from Teal Swan. From Teal Swan. <laughs> like a fat girl. And, and well, oh, Melissa, I could just, I better slow down because I could, <laughs> I could keep going. <laughs> I'll slow down. You keep discussing what it is because I keep going off on. So, again, at first, I didn't really think it was a big thing. I just thought she's an author. She does a lot of self-help stuff. She's kind of into the weird woo-woo crap. But then when you find out about the channeling and the role-play activities, and I just, I really wish in this documentary they would have actually followed um, someone through the entire completion process so we could actually know. Because you only see little glimpses of what they do. You see, and she explains the role play that you see in the show as two trainers who are being trained like how to do that part of the completion process. So that's not even real like people going through it. It's like part of their training to teach other people to go through it. And so you're not really even seeing that, but I think it would be more interesting to just find out what the actual completion process is. But of course, they're probably not going to show you that because you have to pay however much money to go to the completion process resort and do it that way. That's exactly (laughs) what it is. Sorry, retreat. It should be a resort. (laughs) Her zillion dollar retreat. Yeah. should be paid what you're worth i mean i'm not like five thousand yeah, like dollars you shouldn't be doing it for free but i i can see why maybe they don't want to put that in the documentary because then people will be like oh well that's the completion process i don't want to do that or i've done something close to that so i don't need to go they want to keep it like a mystery we should sign up hmm? oh we my god 
Should I just make up a whole bunch of like abuse? She's a my whole person. family. Can you believe it? Just a family reunion full of just abuse. It was awful. It was, but that's the dangerous thing the false memory that you can create from this and it feels like almost I feel like Till Swan even though she says she's healing I feel like she hasn't really healed what she's been through and so she's kind Not of pushing that trauma on all on everybody else like she just sees that everyone else has to like cut off their you know family cut off their parents because the parents are like what screwed them up and it just seems like she I think and that's true with most cult leaders like all their followers kind of start to be like little mini thems you know and they all start to take on the same what issues is that the cult leader has yes it's, it's what, so weird what? so I feel like she's just pushing her issues on these followers what's her name do you remember I don't remember her name I'm so sorry I know you're just, she seems really nice <laughs> the thing everybody around till swan seems really nice right i thought that too i thought i I think she's really pretty like i like Mm -hmm. yeah they all seem good like she talks about she's like in i think it's the first maybe the second episode i can't remember second episode a huge book of pictures these are the only pictures i have I remember thinking, dude, that's a huge book. Yeah, you got a lot of a pictures. Lot of pictures. <laughs> yeah, and then, she, like, her parents denied it. But... And I thought, you bitch, like, this girl's. Yeah. And now you family and put all these. Like, throwing her up on the barbecue. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that girl is like has these memories that that the filmmakers didn't say. Do you any scars from this? Do you were you in the other hospital or the police witnesses? Yeah, did you miss a lot of school? Well, yeah, they never. the filmmakers never really get involved with it. They just kind of let it go, like all of it. But you're right. That's the main thing when it is a a false memory type situation is if there are bruises, if there are scars, then you, it kind of led, you know, gives it more weight of like, oh, something really did happen. But a lot of these just um, don't have any kind of physical evidence or other memories that collaborate it you know like it's just this memory from out of nowhere that's terrible and suddenly popped up and now you suddenly hate that family member and can never talk to them again because of a channeling because of a channeling session (laughs) that wasn't even real it was mostly just role play which I mean it is therapeutic to I guess role play and pretend you're talking to a family member you're mad at or something but don't add like new information you know that's that's actually like in yeah where it's called the empty chair 
Yeah. Yeah. Gestalt empty chair therapy is a thing. And before we got cut off, what I was saying is everything Teal does is mm-hmm. therapy-ish. Yeah. Like, yes, I've, you know, I, that's kind of, you know, therapeutic process stuff. But <laughs> if you're doing those things on the wrong people, it's bad. Like, well, I think that's why she's in so much hot water for her cult is because a lot of the people she deals with are extremely vulnerable because most of them are suicidal. That's so sad to me. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. It's so dangerous. But I have to say, as a therapist, I would never use fucking frog poisoning. What the fuck was that? (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Fucking frog poison? I was like, just be a little frog poison. That'll, that'll fix everything. <laughs> and she puts it on the cute fat girl. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like, that is the scariest thing. I I don't, yeah. I Do you know what I'm talking about? Where she like, <laughs> like scrapes it off. She's like, it's a, shum, a shamanic medicine. And I'm yeah. like, cultural appropriating bitch. Like, <laughs> don't do there yeah and then the girl's like i can't feel my body like that's (laughs) That's when i got scared because i was like is it is it also people poisonous not just frogs it's fucking frog poison like yeah exactly (laughs) tentiel's like technically it's frog poison anywhere i'm gonna slice open your leg and put some in like it was like a good idea (laughs) like la di da i'm gonna yeah no big deal no big deal. I'm just going to put some frog poison in you. But I think I'm more annoyed that she cobbles together like like, like therapy and then takes like from other spiritual gurus and leaders. Well, of course. Because she she's kind of like the Borg. She just assimilates like what yes. works. And I think it comes from, I mean, she was in so many different like therapy sessions when she was little you know so it makes sense why she has stuff that is kind of close to things you do in therapy and I mean even the role play channeling that's like a perfect example of how she assimilates things because the role play is a real therapy technique and channeling is a real um spiritual type process like shamanic like yeah and so she's just mixed those two together but unfortunately it's very damaging because it's not really happening but then she convinces people that she has these kind of abilities which it doesn't really go into in the documentary but if you follow her more she (laughs) i don't want to say she claims to be a psychic because she claims a lot more than that (laughs) Oh, she's an alien. Yeah, spoiler oh. alert. She's an alien. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> she's half alien. Oh, and she's this amazing art. You know, I'm going too fast. I'm going to slow down. Yes. <laughs> you don't need to slow down. You can talk about her art. <laughs> oh, my God. I do like her paintings, but then she- her paintings are something, too, aren't they? Like, you're supposed to look at them, and they're the paintings themselves are supposed to be part of the healing process. Tell tell them, tell our listeners about um, the boyfriend. 
with the people. Oh, Blake? No, 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 not oh, Blake. Oh my god. <laughs> no. <laughs> we like Blake. That's the problem with the documentary. Like they they're not even talking anymore, are they? Like didn't she just like shun him? Cuz of Juliana? I don't. There's this weird there's this weird dynamic in the documentary where Blake, who has been, who was the boyfriend a long, long time ago and has been head of operations for her company forever. And they pretty much started it together and they're super best friends. Um, he met this woman and fell in love. And so she came to stay with them. And that causes a bunch of turmoil in the documentary. And that's Juliana. And they get married in the second episode. And then in like her recaps of the episode, she just talks so poorly about Blake. That's why it makes me feel like they've, you know, gone their separate ways or something because it seems like she has given up on him, which is horrible because their friendships like lasted for so long. And then she just writes him off because he got married to this girl who she just decided not to like. Uh, and it's so sad because Juliana is <clears throat> lovely. And she seems really open in the, at least the first two episodes. She so comes open. to stay with Blake and she seems totally open to Till Swan and the whole community. And I mean, they do, Till Swan does bring this up in her recaps that they portray her as not liking Juliana. And they do kind of portray that, but you know, it, it doesn't seem like it's that fake you know because teal's a, a bitch no matter what like she's just a bitch. <laughs> well she just seems so controlling of who she has around her and so she's very worried about this new person coming into her like inner sanctum group because she's like all they have to do is say that they lived around teal swan and then people will know like she's just so paranoid about how people see her which maybe well, she's afraid they're going to expose her being an alien. <laughs> oh, I don't think she hides that. Like, I think it's in her videos. <laughs> videos. Yeah, she's pretty, she's pretty outspoken about being an alien. It's not like she's hiding from the government or like <laughs> half alien. Like, worried they're going to do alien test on her or anything. And like, half, I want to say Bodhisattva, but I think that was the Nexium cult. I'm getting my cults mixed up. <laughs> Just so many of them. <laughs> I'm like obsessed with Nexium. Nexium is such so, a mess. Such a mess. And I'm dying. Anyways, we don't. Let's go back to her paintings. Okay. okay. I, so in the episode, the cult investigator like you said, like is talking to people from her past, people that love her, just kind of getting a big picture. And she's talking to her ex-boyfriend who he met her as he was leaving Mormonism. He was really in a vulnerable, vulnerable, vulnerable place. And so she came in and she just was like, you're, you know, she became her boyfriend and she was giving him paintings and her paintings. I disagree with you, Melissa. They look like adult coloring book pages. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's exactly 
what they look like. And the- I, I can see that too because they are kind of paint by number. Yes. And the ex-boyfriend <laughs> is like, like the cult leader says, did you get anything from these, you know, pictures? And he's like, no, she said they were healing, but I stared at him for years and got nothing out of it. Like, <laughs> like dude, mindfulness <laughs> color your own, you know, like that mindfulness is a real, like a real thing. So like, like if he would have painted his own damn paintings, he would have got something out of it, but not staring. Yeah, he would have got more therapy out of it if he would have used it to express his feelings. And how crappy is that? Like if you're upset and your partner's like, just go stare at one of my paintings, you'll feel better. He's <laughs> <laughs> how dismissive. <laughs> ah, just it'll heal you. Just go look at that painting for a while. Bad day, babe. You know what you need. You need to go look at your. You need wall. to go stare at my paint by number. <laughs> stare at my adult coloring book pages. God, it's so. And, and the tattoo on his hand. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. The... I feel bad for that guy. He was way in it. Yeah, and the, well, I get it too. He was searching for something real, like, and yeah. Her other boyfriend, I've listened to his stuff. Have you listened to any of his stuff? No, I haven't. He's this really, really, really cute Australian guy that uh-huh. was also his in a really vulnerable place. Like his best friend died. He didn't know how to deal with it. He couldn't reconcile it in his head. Like, so he found Teal. And like, well, while he was down, 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 because it sounds like she finds people. Like yeah. She's- good at connecting with people that are down like in yeah. places well and she puts that forward too because she's like if you're with me you expect to go to the deepest part of the ocean like yes. she she does put it out there that those are the people that she's looking for the deepest end of the pool and I have yeah that's it the deepest end of the pool when you were <laughs> with me <laughs> like I don't, maybe I'm doing that too low and she's kind of nasal. When you <laughs> you are at the deep end of the pool. She, like, her voice is kind of monotone and menacing at the same time. <laughs> Holy shit, it's so menacing. I'm trying to keep my shit together, but I still sound kind of scary. <laughs> and her eyes, dude. Her, oh, eyes. her eyes are just like, bam. <laughs> <laughs> bam. <laughs> Even when she was younger, they show video clips of her when she was little, when she had the bowl cut, because they show mm-hmm. the video show when, when Teal's talking about her past and uh, what all of her diagnoses have been. Mm-hmm. And then she, they show videos, the filmmakers, I guess, got videos. And mm-hmm. like, she has that evil look on her face, like, <laughs> like she's going to kill you with her eyes, like, like. I wonder yeah. if psychopaths can be born psychopaths. So I'm wondering if she was just born a psychopath. I mean, <laughs> you listened to the Mormon stories one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I definitely think after listening to the Mormon stories podcast has a episode with um, one of her childhood friends who grew up with her and talks about her back then um, kind of lying a lot. And I, I think she, I don't want to say she's a compulsive liar, but I think she kind of has learned that lying 
can get you places you know what i mean like she seems very good at manipulating people i don't know if she's necessarily like a liar like that's not green that's red like that kind of yeah manipulative yeah just to get something yes yes to get just and which i mean she probably learned that from going to like therapy a million times when you're little because you do learn stuff like that listen i became a therapist because i was fucked up as a kid like Mm -hmm. like and i was saved by a woman yeah so I became an LCSW because that's what she was. Yeah. I wanted to be like her. I wanted to yeah, that's nice. her and be like her. You know, that is lovely. But I wasn't mm-hmm. manipulated. I was able to find, I, I'm not part of the, I don't want to say her name, but I'm not part of the blank tribe, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I followed her by example, not by. Well, I think that's important too. And I think. There's also an important element that I didn't realize until later is that you do have to kind of shop around for the therapist that's going to work for you. I 100% agree with that. And so I think you do. I think with her parents, I think they just didn't know what to do with her and they weren't really sure about therapy. So they just went crazy and they ended up giving her to probably the worst possible person. But along the way i'm sure it did tons of damage to her too to just have all this different input going on in her brain and i'm sure not really knowing what was wrong with her ever so again i feel like she has trauma that she needs to work on herself before you know she goes into the deep end of the pool with everybody else Like, like I told you the other day when we were messaging, like, do I believe she was abused? Yes. Oh, absolutely. She was. Do I believe that it was satanic ritual abuse? No. Well, I think that guy did mess up with her mind. I'm not saying Satan, but I'm pretty sure part of her new age stuff was probably placed there by him because he's also a alternative healer. So I think her abuse probably dabbled into you know which is really sad to say but of course anyone who abuses a child is going to say anything they possibly can to get the child to comply with them you know so oh my new next he went down that road i'm sure it didn't have to be satan but he definitely went down that road of you know some kind of paranormal involvement in what they were doing and i think that's why she told her childhood friend that she was a sexual goddess oh my god like age 12 i mean that's not something kids normally you know play as you never like that right there means uh hello there's some kind of abuse going on that needs to be dealt with i can't believe you never played sexual goddess (laughs) right i I guess i was really sheltered (laughs) you know what such a fun kids game (laughs) good lord you're a sexual pioneer (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm referring to right but yeah i mean she got handed over to the worst possible person i don't blame her for being mad at her parents i don't blame her for having all this trauma but i feel like she's dealing with it 
by just misleading all these other people to deal with her trauma instead of her just dealing with it. To think of all those people listening to her and like, like in the episode um, when, well, I think it's the first episode, Juliana's in Germany with her mom and her mom says, I don't have a good feeling about this. Yeah. Like I was like, Listen to your mom. It's so sad too because in the in the second episode, the interaction with Blake and Julie Juliana in the community, even with Till, it doesn't seem like bad. It seems like they're all kind of getting along and like everything is starting to even out, you know. Like in the first one, it's kind of scary because it's before. Juliana shows up so it's kind of like Till Swan lecturing about not wanting a new person brought into her circle but then in the second episode you're like okay this is fine they're like all getting along and then it just plummets downhill in the last two episodes and that's and then in her recap she talks about how Blake had already moved out because I guess there's a main house where like her inner sanctum people all live in the one main house and then if they get a relationship they have to like move out of the main house oh i didn't catch that is that (laughs) well she's got they're not house rules i forgot what they're called she has that list of rules oh you're talking about the the that's in the last episode that's the non 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 non-negotiables she has, like, that list of non-negotiables. So, like, so Blake's already moved out, so Juliana can come live with him. And so it's not like she's moving into the house with Till Swan or anything, because they have their own place together. But then things still go downhill. I don't know. I'm sad that their friendship ended. I don't think Till Swan <laughs> needed to cut him out of her life. <laughs> but maybe it's for the best for him and Juliana. I'm team Juliana and team Blake did the right thing. Yeah, they seem like a great couple. They really get along. They look good together. They were cute. They look good together. I I feel like they were pushed out more than, you know, just leaving because they want to start a new life. But Well, well, Teal's like, get the fuck out of here. Like, (laughs) She's like, well, now you have your new wife. Get out. Yeah. Now that you're you know, living your life for you, essentially. Get the fuck away. Yeah, living your life for you instead of living your life for me and my business. Yes. <laughs> but in her non-negotiables, that's pretty much what everyone in the house has to be committed to. I know. And that's so sad. Like, like the fat girl, like I'm worried for her that she's not going <clears> to <throat> have a like a life and has lost that relationship with her family who are like, we don't know what you're talking about. Like, and then to have her in those relationships, which by the way, why was she sitting in the tub fully dressed? <laughs> and that like, threw me off too. I was like, is this just a hot tub? People just get in with their clothes on. <laughs> no, she okay. a bathtub. She was in the bathtub with a bath bomb. In a in a maxi dress. I mean, she looked really cute, but I'm like, maybe what? that's part of the non-negotiables. <laughs> you have to bathe with your clothes on. Never nude. 
<laughs> never nude. The whole house is never nude. Just so we're not a cult, but you can yeah. never take off your clothes ever. I yeah, that like I feel like when I saw that, I kind of got stuck on it and and just couldn't let it go because I'm like, <laughs> well, when when the boyfriend, the ex boyfriend that the private investigator talks to he talks about all the stuff he was doing for Till and her company and the investigator asks if he got any kind of um, payment for it and he said free room and board board so maybe that's like her employees she like just gives them a place to live like oh well you can you can come work for my company and live in the big house with me. You don't have to pay for anything, but you got to manage my cult. I mean, company. I mean, that's horrible because that what that does is make them all dependent on her. Well, and I think that's why they have non-negotiables for living in the house because it's like, it's kind of like as long as you're living in the house, you're like on the clock. Like you're, you know, you're working, you're at your job basically. Yeah. Which is so controlling and a hundred percent culty. <laughs> right. And that goes back to the bite model that we were talking about. That's totally the bite model that you brought up. Everything about the bite model. Yes. Because your behavior, you can't be in a relationship with someone outside of that, and you can't have kids. I mean, that's in the non-negotiable, too, because Till's like, well, I don't want kids running around the big house. Well, except for her son, which I wanted to know. Oh, more. yeah. Her son. I wanted to be He alive. doesn't make an appearance in the documentary, either. He, well, no, they show him jumping on the trampoline with... Oh, that's right. Bryce. Or what's his name? Blake. What's Blake. Yeah. I think it's Blake. Oh, if Blake. I'm messing up his name, I'll feel really bad. He he was the highlight, I think, of the documentary. Like, I just want to give him a hug and say, it's okay. You don't have to. Your trauma's over now. Come with me. Like, you're you trauma bonded enough. Yes. <laughs> who's, who's making strangers trauma bond with her? Speaking of strangers, the guy Cyan, do you know who I'm talking about with the big eyes? Yes. I bet you guys didn't know that wasn't my real name. Really? When he said that, <laughs> my husband was like, well, no kidding, Teal, Cyan, hello. Your both like, shades of blue. What the fuck? Like, like, he's so creepy. I feel bad saying that, but I get the weirdest vibe from him. Whenever he's on screen, I'm like, huh. I, you make me uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> see, I, I, I don't even. Yeah, Cyan. That's not my real name. My real name's Cyan. <laughs> oh, Melissa, you know what we should have done for the cocktail? What for this? We should have done Blake's Aura cocktail. Oh, that's right. Now it's the color of Blake's Aura. <laughs> There's. There's a scene where they're all making drinks and they mix something together. And it's it's a very pretty color. It's kind of like a light purpley pink. Yeah. And until like, now it's the color of Blake's aura. 
Because she can see auras and she can read through people because she's half alien. Oh, the the part the where they all think she's I don't know where they all think she's psychic and are like steel nose and like <laughs> what's so crazy is did you okay you. I watched uh, another because when I'm doing notes or I have time between sessions, I'll just put on something on YouTube and listen to it while I'm working. And Mm -hmm. I put on like someone who talked about how Teal like is totally crazy or whatever. And they're they're like, look, she's like, but they were showing like a positive thing where someone was like, like, she knows, you know, read, read this guy. And so she's like, she looks at his hand and she's like, well, I know you had wheat for breakfast. And in my head, I'm like, dude, we all have wheat for breakfast. If we, <laughs> she thought she was so genius. And she's like, I can read, read your body to the cells. Do you want me to do that? And I thought, dude, I could do that. Like, like <laughs> nothing about her is unique or special. She's just a bitch. It's cobbled together random therapies and random spirituality stuff to make her own well she wants it to be accepted by um psychologists yeah that's never gonna happen well when she said that i was like well she's gonna have to be more open to having people come into her inner circle and observing her techniques you know if she actually wants this to be like a mainstay thing there is one thing she said, I think, in the first episode that I'm like, wow, I really like that. And I was like, I think I might use that in therapy. She says, it's not about what, what, oh, now I can't think of, not what's wrong with you is what happened. Oh, what happened to you? I thought that was so good. I'm like, It is really good. That is, that is a really good part of like her, her whole healing process. I think that's the thing that's hard is because there's so much that does work and is helpful, you know? Well, that's why I think she takes it. Yeah. She takes it in a different direction where it turns into, I mean, it's the same with all cults, with all religions, even like at the base of all of them is something positive. It's like improving the world, making things better for each other. Like, that's universal love. Like, that's in all of them. But then there's all these little crappy things to get there that just Are make it suck. Well, that's like you're saying, too. That's why cults work is because yeah. they are using things that work. But if you present yeah. shit she's presenting to someone that's suicidal, someone that has a personality disorder... Uh, someone that is struggling with severe depression, someone that decides I'm going to stop my meds and start using teals, you know, stuff. That's so fucking dangerous. Like, like yeah. who to present this kind of stuff to and who not to present this stuff to. That's my p- biggest problem with her is it's like, you can't, you know, teal swan, you can't, do a therapy like dialectical behavioral therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy if you don't know the population yeah when to and when not to 
do those like the empty chair thing oh my god yeah with with putting thoughts in your head so like just like you imagine if you had undiagnosed depression were on no medications you've been told that you were abused by your brother like that girl yeah here pretend like that's your brother sitting at the chair damn that's a lot to take on like scary lot like you're gonna kill this person scary lot like think the thing she (laughs) doesn't even think about is not like different strokes for different folks you know like there's some people for that will do whatever her completion process is and come out on the other side and feel great and then she might appeal to the wrong person lead them down a path that isn't that great and i i didn't really think her whole facing like suicide was that bad because when she's talking to someone suicidal and she's like well let's go over what would happen if you did like if you did kill yourself and at first I was like, oh, well, that's kind of a good way to go because I was thinking, like, your family's going to be sad, you know? Like, think of all the people you, like, think of what harm it would do to other people because a lot of times that will help people realize, you know, they shouldn't kill themselves. But I didn't really think she was just going to be like, oh, well, what would happen? Eh, it's no big deal. <laughs> yes, it's no big deal. I'll just die. <laughs> it's what? a reset button. It's a reset button. Reset. And let me just say, I'm very into uh, lots of different New Age beliefs, and no one who believes in reincarnation thinks it's just a reset button. Really? I don't, see. I don't know a ton about like reincarnation. It's just like and all the like the hoodoo like stuff that Teal teaches. It just never been something I've really gotten into. I didn't know that. I didn't realize. No I mean, one thinks it's a reset button. Most people, if it's if you get suicidal and you're thinking about and you believe in reincarnation, you usually think, at least my own personal opinion of it is, if you do, then you're just going to come back and lead a life where you have to really you being alive. Because huh. it's like each each life teaches you a different lesson, lesson. and so if you just because you don't want to be alive anymore then you're going to reincarnate in to maybe a more challenging life where you'll have to kind of figure it out learn to value being alive more you know or at least this existence and so so nobody who's like well i believe in reincarnation so yeah that's no big deal like that's not how it is because i i I wondered that because I thought I feel like I haven't heard reset button before, but I didn't know like a ton of. I mean, now that you say it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's true. They talk more like, you know, you, you need to learn this lesson before you can move on to the next. Yeah, it's like a it's like a process thing. So <clears throat> you're already alive. <laughs> yeah, you might as well enjoy your life. Like you know, you're gonna die someday. There's no need to rush into it. And if you believe in reincarnation, you're just like. Well, I'll just learn something else in my next life. But you don't really think of it as a reset. It's not like an easy way out to die, you know. That's horrible, then, that that's how she's interpreted that. 
<laughs> yeah, it's not. I have never heard any belief system that goes along with the reincarnation that believes it's a reset button to die. And did you see when she's talking to the audience? Is it in the first two episodes where she talks about the girl that killed herself and then she said something like the girl's name reincarnated after three days or something like that? And oh my whole, god, no, I did I didn't see that part. The whole audience goes, Oh wow. But see the, that's when it gets scary because if you tell somebody who's really struggling and in a very vulnerable bad place that death is just a reset button and that she knows somebody who just reincarnated like three days later in a whole new life and if somebody believes that you know that it's like well hey that button and everything will be better and it's my my husband who just brought me my dinner because <laughs> um, he's so cute um he actually likes um that she's so like frank about suicide mark do you want to share your thoughts on that can mark share his thoughts on that of course all right i this is my show with melissa so here's the <laughs> till swan is a provocateur and she you know you gotta think of her like you know that alt-right guy who's uh miley or milo uh, oh, which one? Oh, the guy who used to be gay and now isn't yeah and he's always taking these pictures of him with these like huge black men you know <laughs> like he's just the gayest things ever but like he's a provocateur but like even him like he he backed off on it but wait why am i uh okay so, but there's interesting <laughs> components to a provocateur that, like, I can appreciate. It's like somebody who's standing up and giving a passionate speech or plea. And, like, I think that it, uh, that's what Till Swan is, is that because sometimes all you need to be able to get out of depression is somebody to shake your shit up. No. And, <laughs> If for they, some people that works, I just want to reiterate, not for everyone. Well, see, that's why I love Till Swan because, like, I think that, like, for me, when I watched it, I was like, whoa, that's sort of cool. Like, you know, and like, in a way, it's just a relief for somebody who has went through depression and stuff like that and had, you know, suicidal thoughts and so, but never like, you know, just whatever. But, um, it makes me. I like the way that she ends up advocating that somebody stand up and challenge that stuff. I understand the fact that her in the way I'm saying that her overall message that I heard in the documentary sounded cool, but yeah. like, outside of that, you know, the fact she's like apparently doing this without like uh, warnings or whatever on yeah. YouTube or whatever, mm -hmm. like, I guess, you know, I'd like that's not the part that I'm reacting to and saying that I like her about like about her. It's that other part, you know? No, I get that because I do like that she talks about it frankly and that she um, isn't afraid to just bring it up and be like, well, what would happen if you die? Like, that's kind of a good question to shake somebody's shit up and like get them to th actually think about it. For me, I took it the other way, like, 
that's good to bring it up because then people will actually think about like who's gonna miss me what effect would this have on you know people I care about yes and so it's it's kind of a good thing to go down that path and be like look at it more practical than to just be like well I just give up I can't deal with this anymore like to actually think about what if I did do it is I mean, it is a dangerous way to think, but it's also, for some people, it's also a wake-up call. So it's kind of good to look at it from a different angle. Look at this. I have somebody tiptoe around it and be like, oh, we don't want to go there. No, no, no. But look, her audience is overwhelmingly high, high, high super high risk for being, for committing suicide by default. And so, of yeah. course, there's going to be a large percentage of those people who, at any given point, will end up being statistically, uh, you know, they're going to have some people that actually go through with it. And yeah. so I think that it gives a good excuse for people to point towards as the last thing. But is the last thing ever the thing that actually is like, there's a bajillion things before that. And I'm sure that it's like a bad thing that you can't, you shouldn't do that without warning. But I think for a lot of people, maybe it ends up that more people ended up being not committing suicide because of her overall message that I get, it seems to be pro-life in that way. Like have something to fight for, fight for life. I, I think that's true because um, one good thing, like in the first episode when they show her giving the lecture, it's nice because the audience kind of realizes that so many people going through the same thing and they're all turning to her like I think that support is really important and so again it's like there's good things that come out of this no matter what but as a therapist when someone is suicidal we have real scales so it's one thing to be like what would happen if you commit suicide like we have things called the safety and uh-huh. another, which is like this, they call it the CSSRS where you ask specific questions, a specific way to elicit a authentic response. So like, and you're right. Saying to saying to somebody, are you suicidal is not going to, that is true. It is not going to cause someone to want to commit suicide. You want them to tell you. But like, if you don't understand the measures and you're just doing a little bit of therapy, because that's kind of what you know, so you're kind of throwing it in there. Well, yeah, it's going to work. Therapy works. Yeah. But if you come to me and you fall in a dangerous place on that scale, there's things you have to do afterwards. Like you have to do a safety plan. You have to commit to safety for 24 hours. You have to make sure they're with somebody for at least 48 hours. You need follow-up appointments, like like a specific and measurable plan. And she doesn't do that. So just being like, and she, you know, in two days, she reincarnated. Why are you still here if you want to kill yourself? Like, if you don't know what you're doing, that is so dangerous. Yeah, and that's one thing she brings up in the, um, one of her reactions, I think it's to the first episode she talks about how dealing with whatever their completion process step they're going through is then they turn it over to the licensed therapist that they always have there but that's the only time it's mentioned yeah and i was like well if they have like a licensed therapist like on hand ready to treat people 
why is that never brought up in the documentary right there's actually a violation of criminal law that uh, it occurs here um mark's a lawyer all you listeners (laughs) in utah there's a good like one of the broadest good samaritan laws in the country that ends up making all adults who are made aware of the fact that um, somebody is uh, likely to harm harm themselves, that they're mandatory reporters and that they do need to contact, you know, somebody uh, because they've been told that this person is likely to commit suicide. Um, So maybe she does that. I hope she does. I mean, yeah, I hope she does too. That definitely wasn't clarified in the documentary if they do that. Mm -mm. Yeah. And that seems like something they should. That's the whole reason she's in like so much hot water is because people suspect that she's not providing enough care for suicidal people. Well, maybe oh. that's the therapist is there for is to cover her, to cover Teal's ass, to be like, okay, now that I brought up all this shit for them, why don't you do the scales and see where they're at? Why don't you do something that might actually help? It yeah. would be easy to submit a grammar request online to the uh, the police department and see how many um, like emergency calls have been made concerning her because like I bet you that that's what the reference is to is mm. the like the therapist that they have to have on hand and why would it be a staff member? Is it because that they've called the police so many times about it oh. that like they're like, no, you have to hire somebody <laughs> to cover that, this? That would be good, but like in the documentary, there's no even defined staff members that are licensed therapists. No, just her inner sanctum of people that she trusts. All of um, her yes men. Yeah. Like, how profitable do you think she is? Like. How much do you think she, like, it, like, I don't know how much internet fame is worth anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know because I don't know how much she charges for like her retreats or tickets to her. She lectures. lives in Park City, has a house in Costa Rica. Girl so shop- she's got to make money. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she does complain about money a lot. You see that in the documentary that they're not making. Yeah, and she also said she wants to be like the most important corporation in the history of the world. <laughs> yeah, she she wants to be a more popular spiritual leader than the Pope. Pope, and which, <laughs> that's a good goal. Go for it, Dale. Uh, the most powerful corporation that even the CEO wouldn't be able to corrupt. <laughs> oh, jeez, he did. I was like. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Wouldn't she be the CEO? <laughs> exactly. Like, Come on, Bill. Uh, and as an attorney, I can assure you there's no corporation that a CEO could corrupt. Why <laughs> uh, did you get away with it? <laughs> uh, enjoy. Bill Swan. Why? One thing I didn't like is uh, just a personal opinion. When she's talking about how she's the spokesperson for every lost toy. Yes. 
I, I didn't like how she made that sound like a bad thing. Like, it's kind of good to be a lost toy. Like, there's no positivity in, like, being an outcast. Like, you're just lost and your things happen to you that were horrible and you're all trauma. There's no, like, strength in being different. Like, there's no positive side. It's like, you're just being rejected by society, so that's why you feel awful. It's like, well, why would I want to be a part of this society anyway? That's such a good... There's no self-esteem at all in any of her stuff. That is so true. No, nothing's going to be like, you're a great person. Maybe you're thinking for yourself. That's why you're different. It's okay. Like nothing like that there. Like, nope, you're just a lost toy because you're stuck in your trauma. And I'm going to help you get through it by making you trauma bond to me. And that goes back to the bite model. Like, that's the exact example. That's totally the bite model. Yeah. You, can't, you definitely can't have your own, you know, opinions on things and fall into line in a cult. I make it just, I think I'm mostly sad for her inner circle um, where the guy was like, people have disappointed me, like Osho, John of God. You know, all those. Oh, yeah, that guy brought up a really good point. Right. And so, and she's like, if I was the fastest runner, who would, who was, you know, be above me? And in my head, I'm like, every successful person has people that inspired them, that made them who they are, that. And she makes it sound like it's a bad thing to be inspired by people. Yes, like it, it was weird, like because I was inspired by my th- childhood therapist. Yeah, I was inspired by friends who I saw complete the journey to become a therapist. I was inspired by my love of teenagers. Like, yeah, like anything. Like, it's not like bad to have people boss. you look up to. Looked up to my old boss, who <laughs> still look up to, who's lovely. Like. Like, I may be a fucking awesome therapist, and I am, by the way, listeners. I, <laughs> I'm just gonna say that, but uh, yeah, so I found that really odd because it's uh, it is really odd because, well, and you are an awesome therapist. I mean, that's the thing, it doesn't make you any less awesome if you like look up to somebody, absolutely not. And like, I'm actually- that still makes you like you can still be really good at what you do and then be like, I admire so and so. But there's no... Not till Swan. And the look on her face where she's like, that's an odd question. She's like, why do I need a mentor? Yes. You don't. I mean, you don't really have to have one. But this guy brought up a very valid point. The Berkham yoga guy was a total... And so was John of God. And Osho, which... Like I hate- no show in his salad bar poisonings. That's why I hate Blake named one of his fish Osho. I'm like, why'd you fucking name your fish Osho? Because Osho, her Facebook is filled with Osho quotes too. Uh, and yeah. Osho does have a lot of good quotes, but when your you know members go out and poison a salad bar. Okay, little sidebar. A girl I used to work with here in Oregon. Uh-huh. Grew up in the dolls. No way. And she said that when the poisoned salad bars 
were happening that her family, they were headed to that salad bar, like, <laughs> like the actual poisoned at the time salad bar, but they changed their mind and went to a different place. Oh my God. Thank God they changed their mind. <laughs> yes. Like, right. She's like, right. As we were about to go in, we were like, Oh, let's go somewhere else. Like it was busy <laughs> or they, they wanted to go somewhere that was closer or something like that. Oh my God. No, crazy, huh? <laughs> that is crazy. Well, I better wrap this up. I love you. I love you too. This was so fun. <laughs> this was a ton of fun. Thank you for being on it with me. Now, listeners, the the opinions expressed are mine and mine only. Yes, and also um, mine and mine only. Has Melissa Merlot. I am not diagnosing anybody. <laughs> I am not saying that I am right. I'm yeah. Just this is just observations and opinions. Yes. And we're just having fun. So. Mm -hmm. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Reality Geek. Katie and I will be back soon to discuss the last two episodes of The Deep End. So keep an eye out for that. Until then, take care out there. Thank you.